Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 77 of All Booked Up, the Buffalo and Erie County Public Libraries podcast about books, movies, and all things pop culture. I am your host, Michelle Snyder. And I am Jacob Marico. Hi, Jacob. How are you today? I am good. How are you doing? I'm just fine, thank you. Um, you lies. Lies <laughs> you, all in this our little can podcast. Can you tell? Room. I can tell. You You're look, right. You look a little grumpy. It's usually me that's uh, all frowny in the morning. I am a little grumpy today, but I can't get into it. Oh, well, yeah. Well, I mean. I'll get into it later. We're, we're not allowed to badmouth Tarantino, everybody, but apparently not his best work. Oh, well, that's not what I would badmouth. It wasn't terrible. It wasn't terrible, but when that's when they build it up as much, it shouldn't. It should be. Great. I was really hyped to see it. Um, I'm going to see it this weekend, so I'm very curious. All right. Well, we'll we'll talk about it then. We'll, we'll see. talk about it. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, not bad. I don't want you to think it's a bad movie. It's definitely not that at all. Just not. Not my favorite. Well, but I do have something that's going to make you really happy. I really wanted to start today off on some really positive energy. Okay. And well, I can for, already our, feel it. for our listeners, it's a Monday. And like I feel like they're going to need a real pep to keep them going. I think we all Okay. Do. So I did discover that in Belgium, they have this amazing competition um, where people impersonate seagulls. Okay. And then the best one wins. Okay. Kay. The most seagully that you sound, and I have a clip from the competition. Oh boy! All right, so we're going with seagull sounds. Would you like to hear? It? Nothing. Would I, you like to hear some pure raw talent? Nothing. I'd like to hear more on a Monday morning. <laughs> Fantastic! Here we go. come together here to have a competition on go screeching so they try to make the best of imitating the sound of a go which is sounds rather stupid but actually it's real science before you can really imitate a go you have to make nice observations otherwise you will never make it and that's so nice about this event this is a kind of science it's public engagement it's wonderful oh my goodness <laughs> belgium what is happening over there <laughs> So there's always something so whimsical about can, Europe. Can you try yours? Can well, you do my one? Seagulls, not, no, absolutely <laughs> not. I'm going to blow my voice out just even thinking about doing that. I liked that ending one. I was just like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, see? Oh, I already feel better. Wh- what more do we expect than the place? One there's, of the last monarchies in the you world. You know, I don't ask people to explain their art to me, so that's just I like how they're they they're practicing seagull sounds to get like goat sounds in the future. Like that's that's their ultimate oh my goal God, there. Screaming goat sounds are fantastic. They are. Oh boy. Oh, okay. I, I smell a future episode of just random animal sounds. We uh, do we do we hate every, is that when we hate everyone and have completely given <laughs> up? That'll, that'll be the last episode. Series finale animal oh, sounds. Oh man. So now as we move on to our episode which has absolutely nothing to do with that whatsoever um i was thinking about how last week uh one of the films we had talked about was that um martha marcy may marlene i, I love how you actually get those all correct i am I can maybe nobody would know if i got them right or wrong um and then i actually went home that night and i had a movie from the library which is gloria bell 
Okay, I've never heard so of I that. So I watched that. We can talk about that. But, you know, started thinking about there are so many movies with just women's names in them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, yeah, that's a show. That is. Boom, that's a show right there. The surprising amount once I started, like, digging into it. I thought there'd be, like, you know, Holy moly. There's, like, there's like, so many. I definitely say that um, in the future, months down the road, we could do, like, a part two and carry on. A little note, we're not going to be talking about the biggest ones. So, example, Annie Hall, yeah. Carrie, yeah. What else? Thel- Thelma and Louise. Don't, don't need to knock out any of those. Aaron Brockovich, yeah. Lady Bird. Yeah, I, f- I actually didn't even remember that that was the name of Heathers. Them, they're just Heathers, yeah. They she- just come to me. There's so many. <laughs> but we're not going to talk about those. We'll talk about ones that maybe you haven't seen or are maybe a little... A little lesser known, or we just like them more. Yeah. There. Well, that's just yeah, our plan. They're just better movies, possibly, too. That's always possible. It's possible. Possibly. Possibly. Nothing could possibly go wrong. <laughs> possibly go wrong. That's the first thing that's ever gone wrong. <laughs> uh, old Simpsons jokes. Man, I wish they was still that good. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I wish that, that we could do those and more people would understand them. Enough people did. Oh, my gosh. Side note that we have to talk about. Do you watch the show Letter Kenny? No. Holy cow. When this is when this episode's over, we have to have a, a serious talk. Letter Kenny. I like the title. Um, it's about Canadians playing hockey. Oh. Yeah, thank there you. We, there we go. It's yeah. right up my alley. That's fantastic. But for now, let's hop into movies with ladies' names. Ladies' names. So I'll just start with that movie Gloria Bell, just because it's the most recent one that I saw. It's a remake of a movie, I think, from maybe the fifties or sixties. Wait, when was it, when was it made? Gloria Bell came out this year. Oh, okay. It stars uh, Julian Moore as a free-spirited divorcee, and she kind of spends her nights out on the dance floor. It actually looks like a, a club specifically for older single people, which is awesome. I mean, okay. it's L.A., so they have everything. They, and clo- she's, they close by 1230. <laughs> it's perfect. Actually, I go there. And, you know, she's just really, uh, like, letting loose at this place, and she kind of finds herself unexpectedly thrust into a new romance. Um because she's probably in her late 50s in the film. I'm not sure how old Julianne Moore is in real life. Probably Maybe about that. Early 50s, yeah. Yeah. And kind of the joys of budding new love and the complications of dating. So not a perfect film. It's not by any means like my favorite film. But it had it had some really fantastic moments. And, I mean, this the movie rests completely on Julianne Moore's performance. As most of her movies do. Absolutely. So she's really fantastic. Sometimes the things going on around it are a bit much or sometimes it can feel a little slow. But I liked the take of like this older woman and it wasn't, you know, they kind of make it like a, I don't even know. It's like so specific of like she's going to bumble and fumble and be terrible. Oh. She felt like she was just a human being. With like adult children that had some issues and an ex-husband, and then the new guy that she meets is John Turturro. Mm, um, that's he, a, I did not imagine him. I for some reason thought Mark Ruffalo. Yeah, and like movie. and like I liked him in it because he's you're like that's a regular dude if there ever was one. So again, there's some low moments in it. There's some kind of flat moments and incon- um, unconvincing ones, but really such a terrific performance by her and an equally good one by Turturro. I think makes it worthwhile. Just the names alone. You know it's going to be well acted, and I am a fan of well acted Michael movies. Sarah's in it for like 30 seconds. Uh, he's he's fine. That's a, it's a downgrade right and there. And then I'm just going to slip one more just because we're talking about Julian Moore. Okay. And if you feel that following this um, divorcee woman trying to unsuccessfully find love is sad, you might want to get sadder and watch Still Alice. Oh, 
Did yeah. you see that movie that she stars in? I did. I um, I actually was going to bring it up, but I forgot why. Did you like curl up into the fetal position after and just cry? Yeah, I felt really depressed when I got done watching that Holy movie. cow. So it is about Dr. Alice Howland. It is a true story. She was a renowned uh, linguistics professor at Columbia University, and it's really just about her coming face-to-face um, with her early onset Alzheimer's disease. Oh. And you get to watch this like once vibrant woman completely struggle to hang on to her sense of self. And it is as depressing as it sounds. But again, um, the movie is completely held together by Julian Moore just being really talented. I have not, no spoilers, but man, that's the cl- what I consider the climax of the movie when she is like, you know, Get looking at a video of herself and oh, just can't stop it. Oh, it's horrible. It's truly horrible. horrible. So there's there's some ladies' names movies. What else do we have? Okay, well I guess you know I'm gonna go with another depressing topic. Oh, good. Yeah, we're we're on we're, we're on letting the roll this here. we're letting the seagulls down. We, we're ruining that energy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I'm gonna go with uh, 2004's Maria Full of Grace. Have you seen? Oh, that that's movie? a good movie. So anybody oh, who missed is. this one, I it took me years to watch this movie because I thought it was gonna be a religious kind of thing just by the title even the cover yeah even the cover because she's like yeah she's like praying so i'm like i'm not gonna watch that movie then i got you know i was just laying around one day and decided to watch it boy was it not what i expected no so uh catalina moreno who was nominated for an oscar for this movie and i don't really know if she did anything else after it but she's excellent in this movie she is a 17 year old maria who lives in columbia uh she quits her job because of abuse from her uh her boss that she's Mm -hmm. having to deal with. And in order to make money to support her family, uh, after not only after she loses her job, but when she finds out that she's also pregnant, which is a great combination of things, uh, she decides to take a job with a Colombian drug cartel and become a drug mule for them. Which, when I found out that was what this movie was about, you know, once they explained, I'm like, wait, what is happening? Not, not oh, the direction. Oh, she's going to be like swallowing drugs and carrying them yeah, so the in whole, her body. The gimmick is, is they give her 62... Like um, packages of drugs, and they just make her swallow them. Oh so now they're gonna throw her onto the plane, and this is an actual way that they bring uh, some drugs into the country, and uh, and it's just about her getting sucked down into the world of drugs, and then you know the kind of horrible repercussions of things that people have to deal with in that area. Like when you're trafficking drugs, not only is there a, the legal aspect of it, but how can you really trust when you get to the other side that the drug dealers are gonna actually pay you? And not just like Your cut money. you open, also. Yeah, and just just not like you wait know. for you to. Yeah, bring not dispose them out. of you. And I mean, there. I remember hearing stories of you know poor drug mules that did that, and like the baggies would burst inside of them, so they would just instantly OD. Right. So you got that worry too, and they're probably not paying you great, even like anti, even if they yeah. do decide to pay you. So yeah, no, that's a powerful movie. It's, it's such a good movie, such a heartbreaking story, and topical because it's still going on today, but. Do not trust. It's why you can't trust the covers and the titles because sometimes whatever is inside is oh, completely yeah. different. <laughs> You're going to be like, don't trust people at the airport that ask you to swallow baggies. All right. Well, you know. Watch your bag and don't swallow anything that anyone gives you that asks you to regurgitate later. I think not swallowing stuff that people just give you <laughs> in, general? In, in general is a really good way to um, live. Hey, I'm Bruce. Swallow this. Yeah. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> that guy seems like a trustworthy guy. I'm gonna go See, ahead that is it. not. That is not the Siegel code. I think that they live by the opposite <laughs> my, idea. My, my. Swallow everything. 
as quickly as you can <laughs> <laughs> and then fight everyone for it. Um, okay, so that was a great choice. I'm going to bring up a movie we have brought up before, but it is one of my all-time favorites. Run, Lola, Run. Oh, I love that movie. It's such a great movie. I haven't movie. seen it in forever. Same. We should hang out and watch it. Uh, I like that. Idea. I own it on VHS. So Do you have a VCR still? Sure don't. Well. <laughs> so I'm not sure well. what, what happens with that. I can actually convert it to disc at the library. Well, yeah, well you know what? Luckily, it's available at your local Holy library. Holy so moly. So we can just go over there and pick what? it up. What? So lucky. So it is about Manny and Lola. They're 20-something Berliners. They're super cool. Um, and just so in love. She's got that manic panic going heavy in her hair. That is why I added manic panic to my hair after this. Um, So when Manny, he's like a local criminal's errand boy, he loses 20,000 marks, and he has 20 minutes to find this money or face retaliation. So, you know, Manny's not the brightest bulb, so he turns to his very quick-witted, resourceful um, girlfriend, Lola, to devise a plan to kind of save him. And so she does, and she sprints off running for Manny's life. The title Run, Lola, Run is no joke um, to kind of find this money somewhere. So they kind of dangle three what-if variations on Lola's mission to save Manny. Yeah, it's like a real sliding door scenario. It really is. So you see three different ways, and then it just kind of propels us towards each outcome. There's lots of surprises and uh, quirks and twists and things like that. It is so enjoyable. The actors have a ton of charisma. They actually did another, um, I think, German movie together also. And there's just so much techno in the best way possible. Yeah, techno is a tricky It's a tricky subject to put into movies because it can obviously go very wrong very quick. But when you nail it, especially if it's set in Europe, oh, pitch perfect. And so the actress is, is Lola is Franca Potente, who's such a great actress. She sings on some of the soundtrack because I owned it. Teenage Michelle owned the Run, Run Lola Run soundtrack, and I I got busy to it. You You're know, just I'd just be exercising and jumping around. <sighs> See, I'm like I'm already getting. That's in up. a German way, like that's the whole thing. It's so good. I, you know what? I yeah, I would have been really funny. The way I would have liked to seen this movie end was just like one of the stories. Is like I didn't actually need the money. I just wanted to see if you could find that much money in the first place and you made it up. I think that would be a really funny one. End of one of those. She'd stories. be like, "That's not cool." They also like make her. I feel like she's running in like Doc Martens the whole time, and I'm like, "That's not easy." She's her gonna, boots weigh like yeah, ten pounds. She's gonna roll an ankle. Gonna kill your heels doing that. <laughs> yeah, but true. yeah, it's such a good movie. Such a friend one the twist and turns like you're not going to see how all of these stories are coming like you try to imagine three different scenarios and how this yeah is and you, you suspend your belief a little bit but sure. really can't recommend it enough go get it all right give well, us another lady you know what lady. i'm gonna go yeah, lady <laughs> i'm gonna go under that term with uh 1998's gia the angelina jolie biopic about Gia She Karanji. won a Golden Globe for that, right? And an, uh, I think she won a SAG Award for it, too. And it was a SAG like, Award. You know, I, I don't it, know how this has happened, but I've never seen it. Really? I know. Andrew's always like, well, you have to see Gia. It's so I'll, good. I'll bet Andrew's seen it. Every, oh, boy. Every that individual. translation nudity. Oh, boy. Like, you, uh, you put <laughs> yeah. capital letters on that nudity because Angelina Jolie is, like, allergic to clothes in this movie. And she's, like, <laughs> oh, God, tw- Jacob, 22 look. years old. And it, Okay, wow. can we get to the so plot before the, you start sweating? I'm not going to start <laughs> sweating on it. But, yeah, it's uncomfortable. <laughs> so... <laughs> So the story is about a uh, supermodel from the early 90s, Gia Karanji. It's a true story, correct? It is a true story, yeah. yes. So she um, gets discovered, and really quickly she becomes one of the most wanted uh, models in the world just because she has a very unique, exotic look. Uh, there's like a 
undeniable charisma to her. Angelina Jolie was like the perfect choice uh, to play her. Yeah. Um, but a mixture of loneliness and eventually drug addiction, she becomes addicted to uh, cocaine and heroin and all the all, all the, of them. all the major players. The rainbow basically leads her to eventually die of HIV and AIDS, like at a really young age. I want to say she was like in her early to mid twenties. And Fuck. just dies all just a horrible death. And like it's just the way that it shows how having to live with addiction can sometimes really affect like even the most person with the brightest future, like they can't get away from their personal demons or stuff. Sure, so yeah. It follows you through your life and just some people can't overcome it and it just becomes a self destructive part. Aside from the obvious part for, you know, it's very interesting to see even at this young age Angelina Jolie was gonna actually become something in Hollywood. Like it's yeah, like when you watch. What happened to her? She yeah. doesn't really do a lot. Yeah, just, and I've never now? been crazy, overly impressed with stuff that she's done. Like since Girl Interrupted, I feel like everything is kind of meh. She kind of made the switch to a uh, director, um, you know, and yeah. she's been doing uh, a lot of the her, more humanity stuff. Her stuff, though, I haven't loved either. That uh, she's directed a little slow. You could probably guess what my next um, statement's going to be. She is going to star in Marvel's The Eternals, so she's going to be in the Marvel Cinematic Universe going forward. I thought you were going to talk about Maleficent. I thought you were big on Maleficent Part 2. Well, yeah, there's that, too. <laughs> she's fully in Disney now, so she's yeah. just going to start doing all sorts of their um, stuff. Okay, well. But this is, like, the first role that you're going to notice her for, and uh, go check it out. Don't have the kids anywhere near this. Anywhere near. Lock, lock them away. I might grab that today. I really, I really do want to see it. All right, check um, it out. I want to know what you think. I'll do a movie. Is it more uplifting? I don't know, but it's a lot lighter, I think, than Gina, uh, Gia, which is Philomena. I did not see that one. Okay. So it's based on the 2009 investigative book um, by BBC correspondent Martin Sixsmith. So the book is called The Last Child of Philomena Lee. And so the movie focuses on Philomena, who's played by Judy Dench. Fan or um, friend of the show. Just... Who is mother to a boy conceived out of wedlock, which is something that her Irish Catholic community did not have the highest opinion of. Um, and they forced her to give him away uh, for adoption in the United States. So in following church doctrine, like I said, she was, she was forced to sign a contract that wouldn't allow for any sort of inquiry into her son's whereabouts at any point. So after starting a family years later in England, and for the most part, you know, she moved on with her life. Sure. She met Six Smith, who's played by Steve Coogan, who's okay. the reporter. I like and Steve she decides that it's time to discover her long lost son. So the movie's like really touching. They have a really uh, great relationship. Like it's, I'm gonna say, note perfect performances by Coogan and Dench. Under, they work really well together. Steve Coogan, underrated actor. I he don't is think an he underrated the actor. He deserves. I will support that. And it's just like a profoundly affecting drama. And I feel like it's, it, you know, maybe it was aimed at adult filmgoers, but that this could even be like a family film because it's really beautiful, touching, and it's kind of a universal story. So highly recommended. I, I check it out. Like, I, I feel like I've gotten off the da- um, Judy Dench train a little bit. Well, I think a lot of times, you know, those there were those Marigold ho- Gold hotels and things like that. And you start to feel like, oh, these are films for maybe an older crowd. Yeah. And maybe I won't like them. And I thought that about Philomena. And I think it randomly... I don't even know how I ended up watching it. And then I was like, oh, no, this is lovely. Like, I misjudged okay. this. All right. Yeah. All right. I'll give it a shot. All right. I definitely stayed away from those Marigold Hotel movies. Yeah, because, you know, but I think, and, and I'm so happy they exist. Because sure. I'm like, yeah, you should make movies. But 
then it kind of makes me think they're not for me, but maybe we would love them. That's going to be us in the future with like Keanu Reeves and like Jennifer Lawrence are going to be doing those. <laughs> those like oh my gosh, that's crazy. It's, you just imagine that. That's, that's, our, that's, that's what we have funny. to look forward to. Okay. Uh, I'm going to bring things up to a little bit of weird now. I'm going to go with 2009 stop motion classic Coraline based mm. on the Neil Gaiman book. I was Gaiman. drinking. I love Coraline so oh, much. It's such a good movie. It's it's another one just like you. I did not think it was. I was gonna like it. I saw the um, cover. I'm like, oh, it's a kitty movie. And then sure. I watched it, and boy, is it not a kitty. I mean, movie. it is a kitty movie, but it's for like those cooler kids. Yeah, because it is. Man, it is dark. It's got some. It's for like. 80s kids you know like if they could still exist that is it's like yeah if you like stranger things get into Coraline because it is there's a lot of uh, overlap between I saw it in theaters in 3d oh my god I wish I would have seen that it was cool when she was like sewing and the needle would like come out into the audience or just when they were like going between worlds yeah like that oh oh, okay okay so you know what we gotta explain what it is it's about a girl, uh, Coraline, who and her parents moved to Oregon from, I, I want to say, Cal, let's say California. Sure. So they're uh, moving, and they get into this house. They got a bunch of quirky characters. You know, she's got a lot of weird neighbors. Everybody looks really cool, too, by did the way. Did we say it was stop motion? We did say it was okay, stop motion. Great. I was going to say, Clear. everybody looks really cool because it's stop motion. Yeah. Excellently done. You can't even tell. Like, there's no gaps at all. And as she's like, you know, being bored, being a kid, being annoyed, living in a new place, she's um, searching the house, finds a little doorway, crawls through the doorway. Never the little doorway. Never go. Come yeah, on. The undulating doorway with the Willy Wonka, <laughs> uh, with the Willy Wonka tunnel. No, never go through that. So she goes through and ends up in the basically like the upside down version of her world. Like everybody has an, uh, a counterpart, mm-hmm. which is seems to be run by. Everything seems like her ideal, exactly what she wants, exactly where she wants to be. And then she starts finding out the dark, dark she, truth. I like it. It's cute, too, of a kid's story because you kind of find out, like, oh, I, I don't want my parents to make me vegetables. And in this other world, I can just eat dessert. But then you start to realize, like, I don't feel good. I should probably eat some vegetables. So it's a good one, too, for parents, for the kids. Like, my parents, I yeah. understand why they make some of these decisions. So, and then everything is just, and that's where it starts to really get creepy because then there's, like, spider demons, I want to say, mm. basically getting involved. Button eyes. Some really. Button eyes. There's some nightmare imagery going on here. I don't like the button eyes. But it's just such a good movie. It looks so cool. There's a talking cat. I always enjoy when talking cats are brought into movies. Oh, yeah. Especially that one's real slick. Yeah. He's a little sassy little cat so yeah really if you're looking for something offbeat really cool looking just very fun to look at visually if for no other reason go check out Coraline pick up the book too while you're at it get get, get, get a twofer see how they match up (laughs) twofer look at you um I'm gonna do two quick ones because they're both documentaries which I thought was a nice little change so the first one is called Jane and it is about Jane Goodall I know her Oh, that's that's great. I wish she was a yeah. friend of the show. Why didn't you say it there? I would have liked that one. I didn't know she was coming or I would have. She <laughs> oh likes to keep my it. God. She, ca- she keeps to, uh, likes to keep it low key. Why do I give you like a microphone to say these things? So it this documentary is amazing. It draws from over 100 hours of never before seen footage that has been tucked away in the National Geographic archives for over 50 years. It's mostly just pictures of her monkeying around. Oh, come on. <laughs> just let me I'm live. I five myself on that one. So award-winning director <laughs> Brett Morgan tells the story of Jane, and 
it's about you know her chimpanzee research, which really challenged the male-dominated scientific consensus of her time and just revolutionized our understanding of the natural world. And it focuses on her relationship, I didn't know, with her cameraman, who became her husband. Oh, I didn't know that either. Because it was just like the two of them hanging out with these chimps sure. Like in Africa. And then they're like, hey. So it's a really unprecedented, intimate portrait of her. And she's just such a she's such a trailblazer, an amazing um, woman, and it is amazing to see this like kind of behind the scenes. Like she's so young and she's just starting out. It's really absorbing. It's beautifully filmed, and I'll just say that it, it's an overall enlightening look at her just decades of invaluable work. Jane Goodall is a very fascinating character overall. I think that she's a little underrated. Because people kind of forget like the tr- the whole story behind it, but yeah, like definitely a trailblazer. She dedicated her. I mean, they had a baby out there then too. Yeah, like she dedicated her life to monkeys and chimps and stuff, people, and like learning what they're like. And it's now we have so much more information about them. It's from as yeah, as like who who they are and considering uh, they're our closest relative genetically in the entire animal kingdom, it's probably a good thing. Yeah, we we, we learned about about and this it's scored by Philip Glass. So that just really adds to the atmosphere of it. I love that man. And then another one real quick, a documentary, Amy, um, the one about Amy Winehouse. Oh, okay. Man, there's a name I forgot. Oh, God, I really liked Amy Winehouse. So despite just two albums, the, what Amy Winehouse put out throughout her life, she was one. Of, she's one of the biggest music icons in British history. And I'd say she was really like a pop star with a soul. So she was kind of described as a once in two generational music talent like because she kind of goes between current and old and has appeal that's really cross-cultural um but like her music made her a star but she had such a chaotic personal life and that's what really stole the headlines yeah that's what i remember like being the that's all you ever saw was her disgusting terrible boyfriend um so this has archival footage also and personal testimonials um, and really presents an intimate portrait of her life and career, which is just a woman with a huge talent that had an addictive personality and an unhealthy appetite for drugs and alcohol and reckless mm. partying. And I feel a weakness for manipulative men. And then just her general lifelong struggles. She had depression and bulimia. And it's as riveting as it is sad. All right, maybe I will check it out. I never was really that interested, but you kind of sold it. Sold I really it loved well her there. album. I thought that Back to Black album was amazing. So I think she could have done um, a lot of great, but that guy kind of ruined her. He got her like hooked on heroin and crack. And never a good combination of things to be hooked uh, on. That's super depressing. Do you want to do another one? Jeez. All right. So I have some more, but I don't think we're gonna have time. It's sad. I'll, I'll, I'll speed we'll through. We, we usually fit a couple in there so the next one i'm going to go with is the 1994 snl skit turned into a movie it's pat oh come on have you seen it's pat like no because i'm a person so that likes good things people (laughs) don't remember this movie probably for good reason but it is one of the snl movies that is just so stupid and just realizes it has such a terrible you were making some really good choices so this feels more this feels more more character so if you don't know who pat is pat is the whole gimmick with this character is that uh it's androgynous so you can't tell if it's a male or female so i don't think that would play well today (laughs) it's it's a fascinating look because now that when you mentioned that i was going to bring it up it does not age well it is a real weird movie to watch now 
especially since but like it's still Jacob's choice. That's why we love him. The, the bad guy in this movie, his whole arc is that he meets Pat and then can he starts trying to like he goes crazy trying to figure out whether he's hacking accounts, he's stealing mail, he's making all these like comments when they're in person oh, to try boy. to figure Just out to find out the gender. Yeah, boy, it doesn't get any better when Pat starts dating an equally androgynous uh, individual <laughs> named Chris. So they're just like adding fl- fuel to the flame. But this sounds like a movie I would hate with all of my soul. So there's actually some really dumb humor in here. Like mm. I remember watching it, like Shocking. thinking this is going to be terrible and just like chuckling. And being like, oh, I was right. This is also a movie that used to play on like Fox on Saturday afternoons, which okay. is where I get a whole big thing. So I just can't believe that this like things like this were what they used to play on like the relaxing happy time. Take your mind. I guess it's good to watch it then, kind of as like history of understanding film history. Yeah, it's like it's a (laughs) interesting time capsule. Like you could really get away with this in 1994. I could not even imagine trying to do that character in 2019. Impossible. But Julia Sweeney's also really funny, so. Okay. She makes the movie work. Go check it out if you want some early 90s SNL weirdness. And, of course, the SNL cameos. I think, like, M. Sandler and Chris Farley pop up for, like, two seconds. Okay. David Spade's in there. Well, it's good to have a comedy. We didn't have one. I'll also just tell on that, um, Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Okay. I remember, remember that. that? That's a good comedy. Not a good time for me to watch it now. But, yeah, it's definitely a good, uh, oh, a right. good comedy. Yeah, so I'm not going to go into it since we're running out of time, but really has Jason Siegel and... Um, he is the boyfriend of Kristen Bell. She's so cute. Um, who's a TV star. She just dumps him. He becomes a sad sack. His friend suggests that he goes to Hawaii to kind of make himself feel better. But as he's checking in, he sees his ex there, and she's with her new beau, who's played by Russell Brand. It's every guy. That, he is the worst. <laughs> and just the, if you're a fine so girl from Russell Brand, oh, my God. I, insufferable. I know, truly, but in, like, the best way possible. So <laughs> he's just, like, weeping and moping again. But then he meets Rachel, who's played by Mila Kunis, who's the most adorable creature. And, you know, just, like, a little romantic comedy, but a good one. Yeah, it's a good movie. Uh, you, I don't you, always like those kind of movies, but it, it has some really genuine and funny moments. It's like, it's really sharp. Yeah, and it's surprising that Jason Siegel didn't actually become more of a movie star going forward on that one. He's a pretty big deal. Yeah, I guess. Well, he's not How I Met Your Mother, but I thought it was going to be a bigger movie deal. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I he, do, I, he does Muppets. He loved that. I do love Muppets. <laughs> Big Muppets guy. But anyway, this movie, it's the right mix of romance and raunchy comedy. Still, Isn't that what everybody wants? Yeah, still don't buy that Jason Segel could get Kristen Bell or Mila Kunis. But I guess Mila Kunis dated Macaulay Culkin. Girls like so. funny guys. Well, all it, right. It really, it it plays. Um, I don't know. Should we just be done? We made it. It's time. Yeah, sure. Let's. I got to spit some facts out. So uh, plug like us up and then let's right. head out. Everything that you hear on All Booked Up is going to be available at one of our local libraries. We got 37 branches all over Erie County. So stop on by. Tell us what you want. We'll get it to you. We also have a bookmobile that is driving around honking its horn. <laughs> giving pictures of me and Michelle out because we are, yes, on the bookmobile. <laughs> so go ahead. <laughs> go ahead, everybody. Check those out and pick up what you want okay so oh yeah twitter follow us do it all booked up pod um a couple facts i was looking up things about women and i was reading all these interesting things about their brains i know some things about women's brains ah, we're talking about some lady brains all right lady brains so first of all we should all know that the two highest iq scores in recorded history both belong to women 
Okay, number dubious. one. Dubious. Mm -hmm. Also, so male brains are 9% larger than female brains, but both have the exact same amount of brain cells. Yeah. So the brain cells in women are merely packed together more densely. I'd buy Which is that. very interesting. Like, what does that do? It's obviously like, has to be a reason. So you guys have extra memory to bring stuff up that happened oh, years ago. Oh boy! And, and this part here, this relates to Jacob. So because of the high production of estrogen during puberty, girls' brains generally mature two years earlier than boys. I mean, yeah. That, and by two years, I mean like fifteen. Well, you know, there's factors involved, <laughs> and I would actually—that one sounds true. I will believe that one. I have no witty comeback for that. Um, and the final one. The anterior cingulate cortex. Nailed it. It's the part of the brain that weighs options when making a decision. Okay. Is larger in women than in men. Oh. This yeah. is why women should be a ruling in leading countries because they can weigh options better. But let's get real. We all know these yeah, beautiful guys things. Guys, like you know, you know what I'm gonna do. Like you don't even ask me. You know what my answer is gonna be. See, like. so I love Jacob. He's a feminist through and through, and I love you I for am. it. I am. It's I do. All right, you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Sorry about the seagulls. And we'll catch you next time. Bye.